It's time to get in the zone. The Fantasy Football Zone. Hey guys, where else would you rather be? Get involved with the show by following us on Twitter at DraftThatGuy. Want a piece of that championship? Put it in here. This is the Fantasy Football Zone. And welcome back in Fantasy Football Zone. Another big week coming up here. Jake Latarski, Rotowire.com joining us. How you doing, Jake? Oh, I'm doing pretty good. I mean, uh, Packers on a five-game winning streak. Personally, fantasy-wise, when Justin Herbert doesn't have a good week, I don't have such a great week, so I had to take my lumps last week. Yeah. But other than that, everything's good. I've got to thank Derek Henry for making me a very good week this week. So if it wasn't for that, yes. I, I wouldn't be happy. But yeah, we're, we're all right with the world today. Yeah, Derrick Henry. I can't. You look back and it's like, man, why was he never in consideration for number one? You know, bubble yep. wrap this guy, hopefully, so he stays yep. healthy and and let's hope it continues. It's always he can, he doesn't get enough passes thrown his way, right? But but then all of a sudden when he does, he has huge like seventy five yard runs or you know mm-hmm. big big plays yeah. when he gets those chances. Yeah, that was always the narrative around Henry. You know that he took a ding in uh, you know to guys like Kamara and McCaffrey in in full PPR formats, but they're starting to get him a little bit more involved. I mean, he's already on pace to shatter, you know, career highs and like catches and targets. So, uh, you know, it's just it's all shaping up for a great year for this guy. All right. Couple weeks been talking about scoring has been, uh, you know, up the last couple weeks. But this week we've got six teams on a bye. We got the Bills, Cowboys, Jags, Vikings, Steelers, Chargers. I can't I know it's the new schedule. I can't remember a time when six teams were off at the same time during a bye week. I mean, this really kind of does put a little dent into this week's planning. Maybe if your bench is not as, you know, where you want it to be, it's not as loaded as you think it is. Uh, this is, I, I'm expecting maybe some low scoring this week because of this. Yeah, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, you got when you got guys like Josh Allen, Dak Prescott, you know, even Herbert, you know, on a bye, you know, those those are some big-time quarterbacks that that will uh, certainly affect things. And then, I mean, I can't believe that with 17 games, they couldn't spread yeah. this out a little bit more. Yeah. But you know what? Here, here we are. And, you know, there are going to be some real difficult decisions for fantasy managers to make this week because you're going you, you might have to cut players that you wouldn't that wouldn't normally go on the drop list just so you can feel the lineup. So you have to decide, am I going to cut this this sleeper or this, you know, middle tier producer that I have in favor of, uh, you know, just having a lineup or taking a zero at a spot this week? So, you know, obviously that's something you don't want to I, I wouldn't recommend doing by any means. You know, you want to fight every last week. But, you know, every every individual situation is different. And uh, I, I will say that you're going to want to pay a close attention to who's all dropped this week. We'll yeah. talk about waivers later. Yeah. We'll talk about waivers later in the show here, but um, there aren't a ton of super attractive options. There's a couple guys we'll get to, but maybe you want to save that priority or that fab money for, for some of the drops from this week, next week, if you're fortunate enough to find yourself in a situation where you can actually feel, feel the team. And of course, if you have to deal with any injuries at all, that's just going to throw a whole wrench into this thing as well. And I mean, I'll tell you what, these running back injuries, I didn't expect expect them to put McCaffrey back on another three weeks IR. And of course that designation came down last Saturday right before the game. Uh, Also you had Nick Chubb out. So I mean there's some pretty big names that have been affected so far and those injuries they continue. Yeah, I mean, it's all across the board. Of course, you said Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt's out there. You know, yeah. Darnus Johnson is a guy on Thursday night that it's looking like we're going to have, you know, with Case Keenum at the at the helm. Yeah. So talk about, you know, the quarterback, too, in this situation. 
Saquon Barkley looks like he's a D- is going to be a DNP today, so that's a situation worth monitoring. We didn't think the absence would be long, but maybe it is. Maybe it's another Booker week. Tough matchup either way. Antonio Gibson, uh, he's got that calf injury, uh, so he's going to undergo an MRI. We should see that soon. And, you know, to a lesser extent, uh, I- I'm not sure what the situation in Chicago is, but obviously Montgomery went down. Damian Williams, you know, on the COVID list, yeah. making Herbert a big late-week pickup. And then, of course, to a lesser degree, Latavius Murray's banged up. So, you know, you got the Baltimore retreads out there in the backfield. Alex Collins, you know, playing a later game. He was the guy for Carson. There's just so many, so many situations, fluid situations that makes it actually difficult to roll the dice with these early wires. It's something that you're going to have to monitor throughout the week and check out those injury reports Thursday and Friday. Yeah, it's it, it, and with that, too, you, you just hope for a later kickoff game on Sunday, especially with some of the news that just pops up out of nowhere. Like I said, last week with McCaffrey's news, I'm like, I, I guess maybe it was a little expected, but I didn't think they would do it right before the game. And all of a sudden you, you're trying to find a situation if you weren't ready for it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, part of me thinks that maybe with the longer season, especially teams, if maybe they think they're playoff bound, might hold guys out an extra week than they normally would just to be safe because, you know, one week doesn't hold quite as much weight. Purely speculative, but, you know, I I could see that happening, or at least it feels like that's happening to some degree. So we have to talk about load management now in the NFL? Oh, man. (laughs) I guess, uh, apparently. Yeah, so we'll have to watch out for that. That'll just throw another wrench into everything. Another thing that's going on, a trend this year, coaches going for it on fourth down. And I have to ask you, is this good for fantasy? You know, re- you know, the obvious answer is, well, yes, they, they want to get touchdowns and more points by that. But I'm maybe I have a little too much love for kickers or whatever. You know, it depends where the situation is. But could that also hurt you as well in fantasy because you need those kicker points as well? Yeah, I didn't have a lot of notes down for this one, except, of course, it's good for fantasy, right? (laughs) Coaches making smart decisions to extend drives is only going to help your guys. And, of course, the other thing I wrote, you know, I jotted down was unless, of course, you're a kicker guy. (laughs) And I mean, I don't know where you stand on the on the band kickers debate. You know, that's a big fantasy football community issue that comes up every single year. The two biggest daily fantasy sites have uh, eliminated kickers. Well, one never had them really in the first place and the other eliminated them two years ago. But the biggest season long platform still uh, are keeping kickers in their default league. So, of course, that hurts kickers. But I mean, you got to think coaches making smart, smart, statistical, analytical plays. You know, not every coach, not every coach is going to be on board with that. You still see some cowardly calls, you know, people punting on fourth and three and plus territory, that kind of thing. It still happens sometimes, but it's happening less. You know, coaches are having, you know, a little bit more guts and and with good reason, with good analytical reason as well to uh, give themselves more positive outcomes. So I don't see how that hurts fantasy in any way, shape or form. I mean, the vast majority of your roster are not kickers and kickers are rarely getting you double digits anyway unless you got your Justin Tucker, Tyler Bass, those types of guys, which by the way, with bye weeks, <laughs> we get into a really uh, tough situation with Tyler Bass, right? The Bills, he's, yes. been a, he's been a very steady, one of the most steady fantasy kickers, but can you afford to hold two kickers on your roster? No. When six teams like this are on bye. So, I don't know, but but at the same time, if I'm streaming kickers or have a uh, under the road one, I might be eyeing up that that manager that's dropping Tyler Bass this week too, and because you know that that helps marginally a few points a week. So uh, you know the bye week thing just it strings down to like every aspect of fantasy. 
Maybe I have a soft spot because I did win a championship one season because of a kick. I went into the game. I was down 15 points. He somehow got me 18 points, and I won the season championship. So maybe I just have a little soft spot in there. Thank you, Sebastian Janikowski. I hear you. I'm warming up to the strategy a little (laughs) bit, especially like so in in the 110 team league I'm in, I took Justin Tucker uh, a little bit earlier than I normally would. Normally, I'm just kicker last pick, automatic done. But I think the shallower your league gets, the more important to get the top of a tier becomes at, at these extra positions. So anyway, that's just my two cents on that. All right. Panic button time. We are, you know, here we are week seven. Now it, now I think we could really push it on maybe some of these uh, entries for this week. Yeah. So I know I said last week that really it's last chance for Alan Brown or Alan Robinson here. And you know, if you, if you had to drop them, chances are you're not dropping a healthy player that's playing with a decent matchup this week. But if you had to in a, in a shallower league, I couldn't blame you for it. I mean, he's just not getting the production. But the guy I really wanted to focus on this week here is uh, Miles Gaskin for the Dolphins. Yes. You know, he had that. They were they were in London. He's got his quarterback back. Uh, of course, the Jaguars are pretty much a dream fantasy matchup. Um, and it's not just the fact that he didn't produce. Um, it was his usage, you know, and, and I like to kind of dive into that a little bit. In the fourth quarter, Selvin Ahmed was out there for 72% of the snaps and he took half of the carries on the drive in a tie game where they were trying to win the game. And then Gaskin, of course, uh, was out snapped by Malcolm Brown in this game. Now I'm not saying pick up and start Malcolm Brown because in the end it was what a 37% snap share. Yeah. It was essentially thirds there for the three backs, even though Selvan Ahmed uh, took the lead in carries there at the end. Uh, but you know, People get blinded by Gaskin's last game or last game in week five. He had 32 fantasy points and in all the other weeks combined, he has 35 fantasy points here. So uh, I think it would be fair to to smash the panic button on him a little bit. Okay, as someone who had to watch that game, the whole damn game, because my son thought it was cool to watch football at 830 in the morning. um, Yeah, you could tell Miles Gaskin is not really in their plans. Ahmed, Selvin Ahmed played great. You you could just tell that he was a little bit more than Gaskin and also Brown as well. I mean, just looking at it that way, you could tell that, yeah, Gaskin, it's, you know, he may be the starter, quote unquote, but I don't know for how long because the other guys just looked way more productive in there. Yeah, and historically, Brown's been kind of a red zone back. Yeah, at least gets red zone carries at most places where he goes. And, you know, heading into the season, a lot of people considered Ahmed the pass catching back. It hasn't necessarily played out that way exactly, but the the opportunity for it to shift in that direction is is clearly right in front of our face. All right, waiver wire time. Of course, we're all trying to uh, get on there because there's just a lot going on with, again, less players this week, six teams, a lot of big options on buy, and if you don't have your roster all set or injuries, you're really searching for people this week. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so Joe and I did our waiver wire show a little more than 24 hours ago, and we were kind of uh, conceited that there wasn't anybody that you'd necessarily want to rush out and use your first claim on Mm -hmm. or you know spend more than 10 percent of your fab budget on of course during our show during our show nick chubb got ruled out for the thursday night game and now of course we have this morning it's case keenum so by a mere you know using the similar logic that led us to khalil herbert last week um during dernis johnson is uh he's pretty much going to be uh the guy here um for the browns and he should see most of the carries most of the between the tackle work now people talk about uh felton but he hardly he didn't even line up really in the backfield 
he, you know, barely, mm-hmm. he played 12 snaps on offense, you know, his returning kicks got snaps outside in the slot. So if he's running back eligible and you're really desperate and in a deep league and you, and maybe it's PPR, you think about Felton, but Derry Dur- Ernest Johnson's the guy that I'm going with there. Um, I also wanted to mention uh, Rashad Bateman for Baltimore. He came in last week. He was second in snap share uh, to Hollywood Brown, of course. Now, a lot of that's with Sammy Watkins being out, but to come in, get six targets and be second among wide receivers and snaps is a, is a huge step. And, you know, Rashad Bateman, a lot of us here in yep. the Midwest are maybe a little familiar with him from Minnesota. We, we've, I've kind of, maybe I've talked to him about him on this show as a sleeper mm-hmm. in weeks past, but I think he's someone that could come out and make an impact. And then of course, if you're in a shallower league, he was about 45% rostered yesterday during the show, but I really like JD McKissick. If you can get yes. him, of course, Antonio Gibson's been a, a walking injury. I was able to get, uh, McKissick for only for a very small part of my fab in a, in a 10 team league uh, this week. So, uh, and it, it, we forget that he's a guy that was right up at the top of the league last year with Kamari. He caught about 80 passes last yeah. year. So especially for your PPR guys, you definitely want to look at Washington, um, you know, pretty decent match. You know, the Packers defense, I'll give him credit. They've been playing better here, but I still think there's weaknesses that a guy like McKissick can, uh, you know, exploit or guys, similar player types to McKissick have traditionally exploited yet. So uh, definitely look at him and then uh, a couple of those other guys too. But I'll reemphasize the point from the very, very beginning that, uh, you know, if your team's in good shape and you can somehow field a team, you maybe want to save that claim and see who was dropped uh, in, yes. some of, in some of the leagues and, uh, and, and use the claim to improve your team in week seven and beyond. Cause of course we're in this for the long haul this year, extra week to get into the playoffs. One in five doesn't quite mean like it, the same thing it did in, yes. last, in, in past years, you know, it's still dire straits, but you're still uh, you, you're still in the mix, you know. Now, if you're one in six, though, then you could just <laughs> yep. just sell yep. everything. Then smash that panic button, right? Yeah, exactly. Time now for studs and duds. All right, let's do a little studs and duds. Uh, who are we liking this week? We're going to start off uh, running back position. Uh, who do you think is a stud again with these limited matchups uh, we have this week? Yeah, I tried to not get too chalky with this. I mean, you know, you look at our running back rankings, you know, Henry, Taylor, Jones, Kamara are one through four. That's pretty easy. But one that, you know, you maybe haven't thought about necessarily is Daryl Henderson of the Rams here. They got his home game against Detroit. Obviously, Detroit's a team you want to pick on every single week. But we rank him as running back five this week. And a lot of it is because he is the guy. Sony Michelle has a shoulder injury. He's a little banged up. I think Funk, I don't know how much he was playing anyway, but not that much. He went on IR. So, I mean, they're the whole they have a single back guy and it's a very excellent matchup. And of course, a lot of studs are off on by this week. So give me Daryl Henderson. Uh, Hopefully we can get him at a discount in some daily formats, too. And obviously, you know, if you have a healthy, warm body, you're throwing him in your lineup this week. (laughs) Yeah, Uh, but you got to feel good about Henderson. I'm going to go with a guy that we've just talked about, J.D. McKissick. I'll say he's going to have a stud performance this week. He's coming off a season high, eight receptions, career high, 110 scrimmage yards uh, in week six. And, uh, I mean, he's, like you said, he led all running backs of reception. I, I just read this stat. Since 2020, he leads all running backs in receptions with 101 and ranks second among running backs in uh, receiving yards with 804. We talked about Packers defense, too. They, they, they have been very much improved and... Uh, I was surprised to see we have the number one linebacker, according to Pro Football Focus, in the inside linebacker area. I was surprised yeah. by that stat, but I'm I still think McKissick 
they're going to check down. I think, if anything, he may be catching another eight balls this week, and again, that'll help his fantasy mm-hmm. score. So I think it's more of that lines, and I think he might have a stud performance in line here. Yeah, I mean, we have him right now because of the injury situation. We have McKissick as RB14, so that's a pretty high-end yeah. RB2 for fantasy. And, uh, you know, we have a lot of this is uncertainty, and we'll change this as news goes throughout the week. But we have him and Antonio Gibson all the way down at 23 just because he's been I – mean, Gibson has been playing with the fractured shin to begin with, yeah. and now he's got a calf injury. So uh, I don't I just that whole situation doesn't bode well for him seeing a ton of snaps uh, at Lambeau on Sunday, which yeah. uh, I'm lucky I'm going to get to go to this one. So I'll be right. at Lambeau watching this firsthand. And I think two game flow is going to have a deal with that. I, I think with McKissick, too, they, that they're going to be playing from behind. Obviously, he'll be in the lineup a lot more. So I think that is going to help him out have a bigger performance. Yeah, no doubt. All right, who's a dud this week you're looking at? Now, last week, the surprise leader in running back snap share in the entire NFL was Khalil Herbert, uh, you know, against the Packers. And and he had a pretty good fantasy game here, uh, you know, against the Packers. But this week, he's got Tampa Bay. And Tampa Bay is killer in between the tackles. Basically, if you're going to have an even remotely successful fantasy day against Tampa Bay, uh, you need to be a pretty viable pass catching back. And that's just not Khalil Herbert. Uh, You know, in week five, when it was him and Damian Williams, and it was basically a 50% snap share, 50-50, Herbert didn't get any balls. And even last week when he was leading, you know, among all the running backs in the league in snap share, he only caught two or three passes against the targets, three or against the Packers. Three targets only is a little bit concerning given how much he was on the field here. So I think, you know, fantasy managers, a lot of them are definitely going to be mm-hmm. starting him. Um but you definitely have to have uh, some tempered expectations here because I just don't see anything close to a repeat performance this week. And not that I have any indication that Damian Williams w- might be coming back this week yet, um, but that could also muck up things a little yeah. bit. So, uh, you know, th- it's a big downgrade. We have him down at RB22 this week. All right, my dud. I always seem to go this route. Guy has a big performance one week, and then I pick him the next week because I, I don't think he'll be able to mm-hmm. keep it up. I'm going to go with Jonathan Taylor. Even though he had the 145 rush yards last week, biggest performance so far the season, that 49ers defense coming off of a bye week. I mean, that's kind of my reasoning. A little more rested, a little more refocused on that defense. Uh, they've had to fix some things here, and I think they come back, and it's a road game as well for Taylor uh, out to the West Coast in San Francisco. So I think he has a dud game in hand here, and I I just think the uh, game script too. It might well, they might have to throw a little bit more in this one too. So I think we got to temper just a little bit for Jonathan Taylor this week. Yeah, the interesting thing is last week in the whole first half, Taylor only played fifty four percent of snaps, yeah. and that resulted in two carries and two targets. Now, granted, he played three quarters of the snaps in the second half. But uh, again, that was against the Texans here, and I'm not quite sure we'll see as friendly game flow with the San Francisco team coming off a bye. So I I could buy that there for sure. All right, quarterback stud, who are we looking at? I'm going revenge game this week. X Factor, yes. Matt Safford uh, against, you know, I'm using I'm using Rams. I'm piling up the Rams and DFS this week for sure. The only question mark is can the Lions score enough points to keep up remotely? You know, maybe Swift or something can get it done. But Matt Stafford is our QB six this week. And you look when you look at, uh, you know, fantasy points against or fantasy points allowed per game. You know, the uh, the the Lions don't always show up as obviously as they should on that. But they are surrendering the most yards per attempt to opposing quarterbacks. And 
you know, having stats is one thing, knowing how to use the stats is another one. Yards per attempt kind of takes the game flow out of it a little bit and shows how successful opposing quarterbacks are against the Lions. So you have the revenge game factor. And hey, you know what? Even if the game flow isn't positive, maybe, uh, you know, maybe they decide they're going to let Stafford air it out just a little <laughs> bit extra to kind of dig into that former team a little bit. So, uh, you know, uh, of course, Everyone here up in the Fox Valley, we love uh, we we love watching the Lions in pain, and we're going to get to watch a lot of that this week. <laughs> All right, I'm uh, going to go with I'm going to go with Matt Ryan this week because you know going into their bye, great performance, 342 yards, two touchdowns uh, in that uh, win as they had going into the bye week, and I just think uh, you know maybe they've got something going now on offense. I know it was the Jets, but. They get another week on the bye week. They mm-hmm. get the Dolphins this week, whose secondary has been you know, somewhat shaky. Um, I think Matt Ryan can continue it. I forgot he has over 1,300 yards so far through. I mean, I just thought that Falcons offense to begin mm-hmm. with was going along slowly, but then you look at these numbers, it, it ain't bad for Ryan as, as I thought it was. Ten TDs, three interceptions. I, I think they keep it rolling. I think this offense continues to evolve. Yeah, and people forget they didn't have Ridley yes. in that last game, that yeah. London game before the bye week in which he looked good. Obviously, you get a top five receiver. I mean, he hasn't been a top five fantasy receiver in the yeah. NFL, of course, this year. But, you know, you know, real life, I'll still call him a top five, top ten receiver here. You throw that back in the mix, and he'll absolutely uh, he'll be a guy that he, we haven't quarterback 13 this week. So, of course, part of that's with all the quarterbacks on buys, but he's definitely someone that uh, is a viable starter. It doesn't sound like I had to pick him up and start him this week, does it? Um, maybe. <laughs> I mean, it depends. I'm like, I have Dak are, are on a, buy. Are you a Her- Herbert or Allen guy? Dak is on buy, so I need a little uh, need a little help mm-hmm. this week. Yeah, I'll, I mean, I'll run through a few of those. I mean, we yeah. put Taylor Heineke against the Packers as our number ten quarterback. Okay. Derek Carr against the Eagles at eleven. We even put two at twelve. So I mean, you know, some of this is uh, losing uh, losing some, uh, <laughs> of course, with all the six quarterbacks out. But there are there are options this week. There are some streaming options uh, that we can help you out with a little bit, hopefully, this week. And that brings me to my duds. Yes, I just talked about Heineke, Carr, Tua. All these guys are ranking ahead of Carson Wentz <laughs> at San Francisco. And I think yeah. we have the same, we're on the same wavelength, at least, uh, you know, you, you, <laughs> you were bolder than me. I'll give you that with Jonathan Taylor, but Carson Wentz, I mean, people might be fooled by, you know, seeing him play well against, uh, against the Texans, so seeing him play, you know, statistically pretty well against the Ravens here, but uh, I'm not quite ready to get that twisted yet. Uh, we have him quarterback 14 behind all of those guys. We have Wentz just one spot ahead of Jared Goff, if that gives you any, uh, indication here uh, of yeah. where he's at. The 49ers in five games have allowed just eight passing touchdowns and they're coming off a bye. Like we, like I just said, Heineke, Card, Tua, all above Wentz this week if you need a streamer. Uh, my dud this week, I'm going to go with Ryan Tannenhill. I just, I don't know. I know I know it's against the Chiefs and, you know, you should be able to pass on them and whatnot, but I just think in this matchup, I think you're going to see a lot of Derrick Henry because I think they want to control time of possession, obviously. They don't want that Chiefs offense on the field, so I think it's going to be a run-heavy script for the Titans, and I think at for that, if you have to start Tannenhill this week, I would temper those expectations. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you. I mean, I, I had to pick him up in uh, one of my Herbert leagues. And I don't <laughs> necessarily feel great about it. Um, you know, Heineke had a, in theory, should have had a plus game against the Chiefs last week. Yes. it didn't really work out for him. So maybe they're maybe they're making some kind of improvements, but. Uh, I, the other thing with Tan Hill is the guys are getting healthier, I guess. We'll see what happens with Julio. Yeah. Uh, but AJ Brown seems to be over his thing. So um, 
I don't feel terrible about starting Tannehill, but but you're right. He might not be one of the top guys this week for sure. All right, stud wide receiver. Who are we looking at? I'll give you one chalky one and one little bit of a sleeper one. The chalky one, which I won't go into too much because you discussed a lot of it with J.D. McKissick, is Terry McLaurin. Yep. I think he's just due for a huge week. Uh, you know, We don't think Jair is going to be back. They might get Kevin King back, but does oh, that actually geez. help Ter- Terry McLaurin? Maybe. You know, That, that <laughs> yeah, helps we'll, him a lot. We'll yeah. here. We rank Terry McLaurin as yeah, we rank him as wide receiver seven this week. So, I mean, there's no secret there. The other guy that uh, I purposely didn't talk about in waivers, because usually when we do our show, we keep it around 50% of Yahoo and ESPN leagues as our threshold for making waivers. Yeah. But a guy that's just barely above that 50%, maybe not anymore after a lot of waivers ran last night, but Sterling Shepard is somebody that you absolutely have to look at. Of course, uh, you know, they didn't ease him back at all last week. He had 14 targets and you still have Galladay, Slayton and Tony all banged up. And there's a chance that they don't play again, which could leave a huge week. Now, it's a tough matchup here against uh, I believe it's Carolina. But um, but he's a sneaky guy that might be able to just get through based on volume alone. All right. Uh, my stud wideouts. Uh, you know, I, I'm on a Falcons team. I am going to go with Calvin Ridley. And this kind of pointed out to me why, you know, why am I going? Obviously, he's coming back from injury, but uh he has an active streak, and I didn't know this, of 10-plus consecutive games with five-plus receptions. Him and Cooper Cup are the only guys right now with that <laughs> active of a streak going on. So obviously when he's in there, they're looking for him. He's healthy. He's ready to go. Let's face it, he needs a breakout game. He hasn't had one all season long, and I think this is the spot to do it in against Miami. Mm-hmm. That and the, I mean, Miami's uh, giving up the third most fantasy points per game to opposing wide receivers and half point PPR formats. So the matchup there too, uh, you know, especially with, you know, he's got the, he had the London game off yeah. then the bye week plenty of time to get healthy. And then the matchup's great. Uh, you know, I got, I got to love Ridley too. And I'm, I mean, you know, some of those one and five leagues are Ridley leagues, unfortunately. And <laughs> yes. uh, that thing's got, that's got to, the turnaround is all going to start with him for sure. Yeah. All right. Dud wide receiver. Who are you looking at this week? I am going to go ahead and go back to Jamar Chase. And I know that every time I've picked on him this year, he's came out and proven me incredibly, incredibly wrong here. But, uh, you know, some of the production, I think, might be a little bit unsustainable as teams start to get more film on him. Uh, The Bengals also have a fully healthy wide receiving core right now. And uh, Baltimore's number five against opposing wide receivers in PPR formats here. You know, they didn't look super great against the Colts on Monday Night Football, but then they shut down Herbert and the Chargers and that whole passing attack, which I find very impressive here this most recent Sunday. So if Baltimore's turned a corner uh, and they can, you know, keep up with Chase, uh, I, I would temper up expectations for him this week. My dud, and I hate to say this because I've I've got this guy on one of my teams, and I've been very surprised by his production, but I think he's going to be a dud, is Debo Samuel this week. I The reason being, like the defense, they're coming off a bye week, so the defense, you know, they're going to reorganize and refocus on things. I think on that offense, too, in San Francisco now, I know they got injuries at the quarterback position, but you have Brandon Ayuk has done nothing in this first half of games. I think during the bye week, they maybe looked at the playbook a little bit and said, we got to get him involved. So I think that's going to cut in a little bit into Debo's production here going forward because, I mean, obviously with the running game, shaky backfield right now at best. So maybe that's where more of his damage will come now if they you know, do some of these jet sweeps and all that other stuff to him. But I think there's going to be more emphasis to get uh, other guys involved in that San Francisco offense, and it might affect Samuel's production here. Yeah, you know, I'm – 
I've always been a believer that, uh, you know, the Brandon Ayuk thing, you know, whatever he did to get himself in the doghouse, whatever assignments he's yeah. not picking up on or whatever's yeah. happening in the background. Uh, he's a guy that I've been watching, at least in any of my leagues that have any kind of keeper status, keeper dimension to it. He's a guy that I've been watching for people to drop, because if you wanted to drop him in a, in a redraft league, I could absolutely understand that. If you had to drop him last week before the 49ers uh, had a bye week, you know, I could understand that you got to feel the lineup here. And, and IU certainly hasn't done anything to warrant that production, but he's still a first round pick. He's only in his second year in the, in the league. Yep. He's got, you know, every kind of physical measurable yeah. to suggest that he should be awesome and that he should be a red zone target without Kittle being around. So eventually things are going to level out, I believe here. And, you know, some of that Debo production, you know, some of it's Debo. Yeah. Uh, there's been at least one big blown coverage I can picture in my head with, with uh, Debo that, you know, you know, boosted his stat line for a given week. Um, I think things even out a little bit. And if this game script, if, you know, the 49ers come out here and take care of business, we also expect them to do it with the running game too, which would yes. lead to a, a, a not so great game script for either of these guys. So, you know, <laughs> Rotowire, I guess I got to say that we we ranked Debo as wide receiver six this week. Yeah, but there are some uh, there are some asterisks. Like this is one I disagree with here. You know, yeah. we've got Debo at six and and Terry McLaurin at seven. I'd, I'd prefer McLaurin over over Debo in any kind of daily format. Yeah. All right, Packers taking on the Washington football team. It's a rare noon kickoff at Lambeau. You're going to be there in attendance, mm-hmm. and uh, everyone's con- you know expecting this to continue to roll on. Washington has been struggling. You know, we thought that defense of Washington was going to be a lot better. So far, it has not. Packers defense has been pretty good so far with all the injuries going on. What do you expect Sunday? Yeah, I mean, the Washington pass rush in front seven was always supposed to be uh, you know, a big reason for, you know, the su- supposed improvement in this defense. I mean, us Badger fans up here very well remember being terrorized by Chase Young oh, on multiple yes. occasions here. I mean, those things, those memories don't go away too easy. But no. fortunately for the Packers, we got Elgin Jenkins back here. That's a big help. I mean, Josh Myers being banged up is, it, it, this is a little bit of concern. We can't quite get the group there, but David Bechtiari is going to start practicing this week. I don't know what exactly that means uh, for his prospects of playing this week, but, uh, you know, we, t- we both talked about, uh, you know, Washington football team players possibly having good weeks this week because, again, we're, we're not really, you know, we got Jair on IR here. Uh, Kevin King will probably come back. I mean, Stokes has looked okay. Yeah. Rasul Douglas actually played pretty well, I thought. Um, so the defense has been holding up, but I still expect them to, to give up a lot of points but also to score a lot of points. I was a little bit surprised to see the spread. I mean, it's looking like the Packers are eight and a half point home favorites okay. with an over under a 49 on that game. So we definitely expect a lot of points there for the noon game. Um, eight and a half is quite, is quite a bit. Yes. Um, but I still think the Packers can get it done. I don't know if I'd be going crazy to bet them to cover well, with the injuries on that defense. I mean, they were able to get through against a horror, a horrific offense in, in Chicago, but, you know, you, even with Taylor Heineke at, at quarterback, you know, they've got some weapons that are, that are, like I said, traditionally tough for the Packers to keep up with here. So I think it's probably a little closer than the experts say, but I can't see anything that would make me pick against the Packers this week. And, of course, for everything you need for this, you know, like we said, challenging week seven here with everything on by and maybe you need something. Of course, there's always those last-minute injuries that seem to pop up at practices or somebody gets thrown on the IR list. Rotowire is always there with the information that uh, mm-hmm. can help you outset your lineup. 
Yeah, yeah. As always, appreciate you uh, giving me the chance to plug here. Rotowire.com slash free gets you 10 days of the website. Uh, no strings attached here, no credit card required. Gets you all of our data for all of our sports. Of course, you know, one of the toughest weeks for, um, you, know, you know, for pickups and for setting fantasy lineups, you know, will help you out there. But, you know, obviously the Bucks they debuted last night. We got NBA in full swing. So, you know, DFS tools and season long tools. If you're playing any fantasy basketball this year, we'll have you covered too. So it's actually, it's been a crazy busy week here over at Rotowire, getting, uh, getting both big sports ready to roll here. So I uh, appreciate anyone getting a chance to check it out. And of course, hope this advice worked a little bit for everyone and that we get you on track here to uh, win one of the toughest fantasy weeks of the entire season. Well, Jake, again, thanks so much for your time. We'll check in with you again next week. Yeah, I very much appreciate it, PJ. We'll talk next week. Subscribe to the Fantasy Football Zone and give us a five-star rating while you're at it. Thanks for listening to the Fantasy Football Zone podcast.